welcome to episode 199 of I Am Tog, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, so welcome along to episode 199 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going mate? I'm very good, and you? Well, there's two things we need to bring up today. Yes. First of all, John's got a flash new shirt on, haven't you mate? Been shopping. It kind of turns up normally in a one coloured t-shirt, <laughs> you know what I mean? Not normally it's like a, you know, like a blue out of try t-shirt or sometimes the grey, yeah, yep. yeah. even the white. Sometimes. But today you've got stripes. Yeah, got stripes. And it's fashion. Yeah. And you're telling me you've got a bargain before. Yeah. Five items from Barker's. Barker's is high, high end fashion in Christchurch. I get deals. So no, I get 70% off. It was about 500 bucks worth, wasn't it, John? And how much did you pay? About 175. Oh, you're a bargain hunter. And, John, you may notice I'm growing a beard. Nice. Is See this a profession shirt, is it? Well, just when I have short hair, I like a bit of facial hair. It makes me look a bit mm. rough. Okay. He's lost the mallet, everybody. There's no mallet happening. Well, just, there's a little bit. Just the tweak. Just you've got to keep the tweak there. Yeah. I am talking proudly brought to you by coffeesofaway.com. Oh. They're one of those right now. It's 6.30 Taste in the morning. And athletes.com. Uh, social networking for endurance athletes, for tracking your social needs and results. Right. Of their work, John. This week, we've got some... We've got, what have we got? We've got some news. We've got some big news, actually, because what happened in Fantasy Try, John? Bevan's very excited about Fantasy Try. I've been holding him off time. <laughs> I don't know how to get my results, but I'm pretty sure I beat him. Okay. Uh, we've got results for Ironman Malaysia. Oh, we'll talk about that later on. We've got uh, Age Group of the Week. High five for the week. What is it, Jumbo? It is on. I was running along the other day thinking, what do I think about when I'm getting tired in a race situation and just a few things that I think about and what I encourage athletes that I coach to think about as well. Okay, nice. Uh, website of the week. Uh, this one, we actually missed it last week, didn't we? We did. It's, no, quite a, it's quite a cool one, isn't it? And there's no coach's corner there. I don't okay. know why I included you, that. You always do that, actually. You I just, do. I think you just leave that at the top. I do. Yeah, that's okay. We've got a few questions and answers at the end. So uh, news is proudly brought to you by xtry.com. Actually, John... We've listed out the biggest piece of news of the week. Which is... Bevan James Isles on Slow Twitch. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was slightly edited after my recommendations. <laughs> uh, Go to slowtwitch.com and uh, you can check out an interview that I did with them this week. Hopefully it's saw the front page. Yes, I am. I'm slowly going down, so you want to get into it quickly. Well, good old Paula Newby Fraser is above me now. She was but, below you before. Yeah, I know. So she's have just, yeah, they put an order of how many no. people are interested in reading things, and they're going to bump you off there pretty uh, quick. Look at, that, look at that guy. He's got a great I Am Talk jersey on. So, uh, John, you'll be putting your interview up soon. Yeah, so just, just wait. I mean, you can you can go on there and, and have a quick scan through, but the, re- the real deal's com- the real deal's <laughs> coming up in a, in a couple of weeks' time, probably. You, you, you also find out that the foods I dislike are peas and mushrooms. So this is a pretty mushrooms good interview, John. Good. Do you like mushrooms? Oh, I love oh. mushrooms. It's just wrong. Okay, then, so wrong with a bit of fungus. <clears throat> that's the big piece of the news for the week. But first of all, we also have the other big piece of news, which is Ironman Malaysia. What happened, John? What happened? Well, it was a bit of a bit of a domination by Marino Van Honacker in the men's and by Belinda Granger in the women's. Yeah, a bit of no brainer, really. So, it's, uh, I mean, big read, domination, a bit uh, of domination. Oh yeah, I mean, I read about read about it, and uh, you know, in third place was Roman Guillaume, uh, who kept it fairly tight on the bike, and apparently. Um, Marino did have to work pretty hard to get away from him. Apparently he's a small fella and he was 
attacking a bit on the climbs and Marino's a fairly tall, lanky fellow and he was just struggling a little bit to keep up but then he really pulled away on the flats and came off the bike with about an eight minute lead it looks like um, and then uh, just you know, pretty much cruise control on the run, ran a 3.06, sounded like he was hurting but but not really pushing because he had, knew he had the win and uh, Roman blew up on the run and ran a 3.30, um, faded away into third place and second was Hiroki Nushushimi, Nushima, or something uh, no, like that. I've got a question. Let's assume, well, it's hard to assume where he's from. Do we know where Yoroki is from? I'm sure he'd be from Japan. What's the word? It's many Japanese of one I'm in. Uh, a few, yeah, especially in, in some of the Asian races. Um, they've had a few good guys. Um, what's There's a guy that always comes to the Taupo. Runner. Yeah. Um, and he always looks like he's blowing the runaway, eh? Yeah. yeah and, and he does. He runs fast. I don't mm. know if he's won any Ironmans. Yeah, in terms of Ironmans, probably not many. In terms of maybe some long course, big long course races in Asia, a few. The Japanese are, very, are actually quite strong at short course tries. Um, are they? Yeah. And the sport, you know, all the races over there sell out really fast. Um, well, the they Japanese, used to. as a people, are very patient in anything mm. they're in. Like, I know in group fit, you go over there, or you go, you know, or they come here and do our classes, and it's, yeah, they're just like you're a superstar. They just love the mm. things they choose to do, don't they? I've raced over there a few times, and, um, yeah, they really get into it. Great support, and they often, well, they have to have it in small towns. They're big cities that you just can't have triathlons, yeah. and then they have them in small small towns, and the, the locals just get out and go nutso. So, yeah, and then in fourth place, we had... Jeez, that's probably the biggest Ironman win we've had this year, in the last period, you know, 30 minutes. Yeah, we remember Ironman China last year with old um, Rasmus Henning. That would have been about 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, so... so. Yeah, but it's pretty rare when you see this margin. Mm. Uh, Justin Granger fourth, and Andreas Good old Justin Benhorst Granger. Fifth. Justin, <laughs> I thought you were going to crumble. He, what, he wasn't part of my picks. What happened to Luke McKenzie? Luke McKenzie led out of the swim, and then uh, apparently couldn't keep anything down on the bike and pulled out uh, during the bike league. Oh, fair enough. Okay, and on the girl side of things, got old Belinda Granger, good friend of the show. Belinda Granger, good win. I wouldn't say dominated dojo. Twelve minutes is a good win, but. She was. It's a three-peat for her. Third time she's won it in a row. Gee, she's a good pro, isn't she? Mm, good. You know what I mean? Good, consistent performance. She had a bit of a rough year last year, and uh, especially in Kona, she didn't didn't do particularly yeah. well. Uh, but here, back with a, a 4.53 on the bike, that's pretty solid. And by the sounds of it, she just shut it down a bit on the run um, once she knew she had it sort of covered. Yeah. Uh, and and cruise as much as you can. Cruise even jogging in that sort of temperatures over there when it's about 40 degrees, pretty difficult. Was it 40 degrees, was it? Yeah. So pretty insane. Uh, so she came home in nine hours twenty three minutes, and Edith Niederfringer came home in second in nine thirty five, and Hilary Biscay was third in ten ten. So fairly predictable top three there. Did you uh, have the girls in your picks, John? Sorry. <laughs> no. got it right. Yeah. So what we've, we've okay. Let's now. go picks now. Okay. So I don't know what I got because the trying to the fantasy try. Go to homepage. Okay. Go to homepage. And I'm pretty sure that's how you do it. Go to click on somewhere on here. Can you go to View all. Um, yep, yep, view all. Leaderboard. And then we go to scroll down to week 40, I think it was week 48 or something. Or week uh, week week 9, 2010. So then click on this one here somewhere. A series info, that one there? Yeah, I suppose so. Okay. Race, uh, hold on, no, 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 no. Leaderboard results. Leaderboard results? No. Oh. Where, where, where are you going? Where well, are you, you going? You leaderboard results, Sean. Yeah, and Go, go back, go back, go no, back. That's on there, isn't it? Uh, that one there. Yeah. Okay. And then go leaderboard results. Leaderboard results. And then go show. Show. One hundred. Yeah. Is that how bad we went, John? No. Oh, look at me! I got fifteenth, John. Fifth. See, I'm I'm a bit confused here. So Bevan. Uh, yes. 
beat me by five points. <laughs> I love it. My 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 name but is. You opened it up and you were gutted, weren't you? <laughs> Was a little bit. Well, first I was gutted because we, neither of us were in the top ten. I was like, well, "What's with that?" Um, well, but, well, did I tell um, you who they picked? Can uh, you figure out who they picked? I don't know, but I, I, I think that must be cumulative points because Bevan got two hundred sixty-five points. I got two hundred sixty, um, um, where the winner got five hundred fifteen, which seems uh, an awful lot. Can I show you? Yeah, it's pretty. Can show you their picks. Yeah, because uh, I, I'm not quite sure how you get that many points because my picks were, and you had to be tactical about this because you only had thirty thousand dollars to spend. Team Romeo and Juliet only got one thirty-five. Oh, oh, team Romeo and Juliet, pick it up, pick it up. up. Anyway, my picks were: I had Marino Van Honecker, and he cost about nearly eight thousand dollars, and you yep. got a thirty thousand budget. I also had um, Luke McKenzie, and he was about the same, about eight thousand. Had Jan Rahula, which really let me down. Luke McKenzie let me down. He didn't finish. Yeah. Jan Rahula is an Olympic medalist. He didn't finish. He was a bit cheaper. He was a good bargain. Uh, he didn't finish. And my, um, what do you call them when you pick your, your my blackie or something? Yeah, outsider. Yeah, my, my outsider. He was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, this, no, you're Ruffy. You're Ruffy. Oh, you're Ruffy. Okay. You're Ruffy. You're Ruffy. Ruffy. Ruffy was Roman uh, Gilliam who finished third. Uh, so good, good result for him. He was good for me. Now on the girls' side of things, I picked Edith Niederfringer and Christine White, who so didn't even start. Oh, really? So I only had three out of six finish, oh, which I was very disappointed with. They were, they were called John's I Am Legends, and there were a couple of legendary performances there, but there were also a couple of poor performances. I wish so I could find heard. out who I picked. I can't remember. Where's, where's the start list? Let's have a look at the start list. But if you, no, if you go to you know, go, go into um, my team, find it up, up top. My team? My team. My team. Okay, okay here we go. Is no, it's disappeared. Yeah. They must take them off. Yeah. Okay, I'm pretty sure I picked... Um, the men's and women's winner. So that's uh, that'll give you two hundred points. And then if you got Justin Granger, that and would I, I think it went Hillary as well. Okay. Would that be about right? No, because if you said you had Justin Granger as well, you got four. Oh, did you have best Justin Granger or yeah, Belinda I Granger? Put, no, I put both. You probably would have got Hillary, Justin, and maybe the winner, and that would have been about right. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I went for both the winners, but oh, yeah, well, that would have been two hundred points. So anyway, but all that matters, John, as I'm on two sixty-five. What do you want, John? 260. Oh, I actually totaled mine up to be two, 250, so I'm not sure how I got 260. See, you even cheated. Anyway, that was a bit disappointing. But I, don't, I, still, I think they must be doing cumulative points, because I don't know how somebody could have got 515 points with a $30,000 budget. Maybe you could pay for more budget. Yeah, you could. Yeah, that's probably what they do. That's probably how they make money off the website. If you want a bigger budget, yeah, you could give us a bit of money. We're, we're doing the free option team. We're, we're cheap. Anyway, we'll keep you updated because we've got another race coming up this weekend. Let us know if you're on it because obviously we've got like Team Romeo and Juliet. I'm thinking NZ Tri is probably one of our listeners. Budgie Smugglers is probably one of our listeners. Yeah. So let us know if you're on it so we can keep a track and we'll keep talking about the guys who are on. I wonder if those people actually picked people. Maybe not. No, they must have, I reckon. Don't know. Good old Iron Man. Got zero. Got zero. It's a, it's... Anyway. Bevan's that was fantasy tries for this week. John's <laughs> Ironman Legends did not perform. You're not happy. It's going to be tricky this week. Why is that? Because Ironman New Zealand coming up. Okay, what's the, how do we find competitive list here, John? Uh, you go age group and then you go pro men. Or pro oh, men. down the bottom. Okay, here we go. So, Ironman New Zealand. And what year is it? It's the 30th year, isn't it? Uh, I think that was last year. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what is interesting here is we've got a really small men's and women's pro field. And, and really the, re- the reason for that is 
because they have this new rule that you've got to have oh, you've, got the license. To, you've got to have the license. So you've got to pay seven hundred and fifty dollars US. So what that's gonna mean <laughs> is, we've just recorded we recorded for about twenty five minutes and it wasn't recording, it stopped for some reason and John just nicely brought that back so in. I'm gonna replay what we've already done. Yep. So So we're talking about the pro men's field. So what we were talking about, we were talking about how... You've got to pay 750 bucks. Yeah, to and so the pro field is bloody small because of it, isn't it, John? How many is it, Bevan? 13, I just, <laughs> I don't know where I picked that out. So <laughs> which works looking now, it's got 13 written there, which helps. <laughs> so, <laughs> so 13 pro men. Normally, uh, I can't remember what you have in other years. I would have thought be be 20, well, 20, yeah, 25. Well, yeah, we race pro, there must have been over 20-something. Yeah, so... It really you, has knocked off that age group who wants to give it a feel, isn't it? Yep, yeah, and, and I don't have a big problem with it. Uh, I think... Overall, I think in terms of the positives that come out of it, probably outweigh the negatives. You know, in I, terms wonder, I wonder if the roll down goes more now because, like for example, when I raced as a pro in New Zealand, I didn't think I was going to qualify for Kona that way. So I kind of had accepted that I would be willing to not go to Kona. But if I'd raced as an age grouper, although I didn't have a great race, I probably still would have got a slot in Kona. Yeah. And so I wonder if the roll down will go a lot further nowadays because of that. Well, there's two things there. First one, somebody emailed in. I'm sorry, I've forgotten your name. Um, but there's a new rule that's come in uh, that you have to be prize money you have to be within five percent of the the winner, yeah. which is reasonably tough. So if you're racing somebody for the females, racing somebody like Chrissy, it's very very tough. Because, you could almost say it's only going to pay down to five. Yeah, because if she does a, say a nine hour flat somewhere, mm, what's five percent of nine hours? <laughs> forty five, I think. Forty five minutes maybe. Jeez, uh, <laughs> we're good at maths. And so, so you've got to finish within forty five minutes of Chrissy, which is. Fairly tough. Oh yeah, because Chrissy in, in a normal race will dominate dojo probably win by half an hour. Yeah, so that's say nine hours. Next girl maybe maybe nine twenty nine twenty five. Yep. And then you know nine forty five as you said I'd say about fifth probably. Yeah. So that's going to cut a lot of people out, and people may well get more tactical about where they're going to race. So we we think oh right everybody's going to go to Ironman Germany because it's good prize money, but. If you go there, you know you're going to be probably racing here. So people will be knocking on the door saying, where are you racing? Okay, I'm not going there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you are just talking about the roll down, and I have this funny feeling, and not fact, but I think that not only is the prize money um, only 5%, but I think you have to finish within a certain percentage of the winner's time to get a slot. So oh, I don't, really? I don't think it's going to roll down. Now, I think that's a good idea because you want a super high-quality field in Kona. And when guys, you know... But I think the thing is, like... For, well, maybe, but the thing is, for me, like when I did Kona, I'm in New Zealand when I raced as a pro, I didn't actually care to go to Kona that year because I'd already done it. I ticked that box, and for a lot of age group athletes who are going to win their age group at a night, man, they've probably done Kona already mm-hmm. and don't want to go back every year. So then, what happens to the slots that, let's say, for example, I'm in New Zealand buys those slots because they buy 80 slots a year, I think they do. Uh, what happens with the other slots if they don't well, get used? It's in the only going to be a few. I mean, it's only going to be for the pros. So I mean, in the pro men, oh, okay, you, you've pro. got you know, pro women, you maybe got three three slots. Pro men, you maybe got seven. Okay, um, so not for age group. So yeah, yeah, they may lose a, lose a couple of slots, but they may be distributed somewhere else. Yeah. But you know, I think it, that's a good ruling. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, I qualified as a pro in Taupo, and and I don't think I should be able to because I'm not a pro athlete. So I yeah. think the, the, the it will mean the standard is higher in Kona, which I think is probably a good thing. Mm. Um, but anyway, when we look at this year's field at Taupo... It's going to be interesting this weekend watching uh, the age group races, see if the difference. Yeah. You know? Like, it'll be interesting to watch our age group and see, like, I won my age group in New Zealand a few years ago, and when I won it, I did about 9.19, I think it was. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how fast the age group is going, like, other 
my age group of that age, you know, 25 to 30, will they be more closer to nine hours now? But it'd be interesting because, yeah, mm. there'll definitely be a few people dropping out of that pro division and going into well, the trippers. Yeah. You know, like, so, you know, the field's really small. So, which doesn't really look good for the sport. That's the problem. You know, like, I know that when mm. we used to look at the fields and there was 30 guys in there and most of them you didn't even know, it just, you kind of think, wow, what a small sport. Especially, like you said, we're not quite sure if they're having a separate uh, pro start there, but at races where they do have a separate pro start, you, only, you know, when you've only got 20 guys heading off the front, that's yeah. going to look a bit Mickey Mouse. Yeah. But anyway, uh, in terms of who's racing, it's going to be uh, probably be a two-horse Kiwi race. You've got Terenzo Bizzoni. Just, just for the record Brown. team, before when we did the other bit, John didn't want to give me any of his picks because he thinks he's given away for his tribe, but I might comment, John, who won last week. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just giving you, making you feel good about yourself. <laughs> I'm feeling good, John. Yeah, I'm feeling it's, it's good. Worked. It's worked. But anyway, Terenzo Bizzoni versus Cameron Brown. It's going to be the... The, what is it going to be the the riverside ravage or something like <laughs> nice, that nice John or the, the lake the lake schmake yeah the lake bloody lancing or something <laughs> anyway those guys are going to go head to head and it should be a great race they're very very equal on ability Terenzo's you know, argue, is a little bit better swimmer bike wise they're probably pretty similar run wise it's just whoever's got it on the day um, Brownie's got the history and uh, and we did say before that we both think Cam's going to take it yeah I think so he so, seems to have a good wouldn't be surprised if Terenzo wins oh, not at all not, no, at, not all. at all John. not at all <laughs> he, may, he may even be my pick <laughs> because those guys are going to be worth probably eight eight and a half thousand dollars I think on Fantasy Try you probably only have a thirty thousand dollar budget could be interesting. The picks for third, fourth, and fifth of this race could be uh, very, very difficult. Yeah. Because Kieran Doe, he's 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 a he's a roughie. Well, Kieran's a, a hitter or not a, you know, like yeah. he strikes out or he hits a homer. So it's like if he's going to be in this race, Kieran could mix up this race. Let's say Terenzo gets away with Kieran in the swim because Kieran's a good swimmer too. Very good swimmer. You know, if Kieran can pull Terenzo through, mm. if they can work together, then that that really that's a big threat to Cameron, isn't it? I think that is a, the. That really could just about decide this race. What happens in the swim? Because, like you said, if those two get away, even if Kieran, because we know Kieran's going to smack the bike. Yep. One thing about Kieran is you know his race strategy. Yep. Smack the crap out of himself and hope he can last. And if if if, if they did get away, those two, and even if Kieran only lasted, uh, you know, lapped a ninety k, and if you got Terenzo with him, um, Brownie is not going to have the allies there that he normally has. Because no. I'm looking at the swimmers there, or the guys there. I don't know a lot of them because uh, they're, they're, they're third tiers. Not not to be um, disrespectful, but the names just. Uh, I'm not familiar with him yeah. so I think he's going to be really isolated on the bike and if those two got together and worked hard they could uh, do some damage but he's a smart guy Brownie will probably just absolutely destroy himself in the swim to stay with those guys and yeah. uh, and I think if they come off the bike together um, I'd have uh, I'll have my fantasy try pick on him <laughs> uh, outside of those two you've got Keegan Williams so he should be right up there He'll, he's got probably a bit of a point to prove he's raced well in Wanaka he hasn't yeah. really wait, raced exceptionally well at Taupo but he should be right up there and, and looking hopefully for a, for a third place maybe yeah. um, other than that I'm really not familiar with any of the other guys or are you just holding back John no I mean James Bowstead he's a, a Kiwi guy who's done well at half Ironmans but, but never you know particularly well at, at Ironman I know when we raced up there um, I think I was starting to run with him and, and I was having a shocking day yeah. um, so he's seeded number four I think he's got a bit to prove um, yeah, it'll be interesting race for third and fourth. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Again, like you also have things that, again, it's a two-horse race, isn't it? You've got um, good old... You've got 13, 13 pros again. 13 pros again. Count <laughs> nice them pretty quick. 
Uh, Jenna Crawford and good old Joe Lawn. Now, Joe Lawn, one thing about Joe Lawn we know as an athlete is she's the kind of person who really, like, if someone beats her one year, she's going to come back mm. hard the next year, isn't she? And she's kind of, let's be honest, she's owned Ironman New Zealand for the last decade. And, and yeah. you know, and I know Jenna beat her last year. So, Joe's going to come up firing, isn't she? I don't think there's a lot of love lost between those two. To no, be no, it's I probably think they're, not. they're both pretty strong. No, I don't uh, think they give each other females. a hug when they see each other, do they? No, there's not a lot of conversation no, out there, no. and they're going to be going hell for leather because Gina will probably probably have a little bit of a gap coming out of the swim, maybe as much as you know, maybe a minute to two minutes, who knows? Yeah. But but Joe's not not a bad swimmer. Joe will come back at her hard on the bike, and uh, and she'll want to have a lead off the bike because I think Gina is a little bit better runner. Um, yeah, it's pretty close, but she's a little bit better runner, and that was the difference last year. So that should be again. That could be, be two, could be two fascinating races, race, couldn't it? Yeah, if, 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 and both the men's and the fields. If either of those, um, you know, four athletes, one of them blows up, it's going to be very much just a one horse race. Yeah, uh, but that could be could be really interesting. Outside of those two, oh, how long that is? She must be oh. mid thirties. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd say definitely. Yeah. Um, outside of that, those two. There's not a lot of action happening. Other Kate Balloacqua, a couple of years ago, she had a great race here, and she's also had a great race uh, before at the Tauranga Half Ironman. So, and, and Kim Lofter. So, I'd say the battle for third between those two could be really interesting. Um, yeah. And then you've got a, you know, a few other Aussies, and you never know what the Aussies are going to bring. A few of those guys will be um, be pretty decent. Yeah. But all these guys must be fairly serious because they've all paid their 750 bucks. So. Yeah, they consider themselves pros, don't they? Yeah. But you still have to pay race entries, don't you? No, that's a, that's a big bonus. Uh, okay, so you pay one fee for a year, you can race as many races as you want. Yeah, and I was talking to <coughs> you know, Stephen Lord about it. So I saw him just um, coming out of the pool, and he was saying, you know, for 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 Joe, who's who's paid, you can't race this weekend because she's injured. You know, she's just saying, oh, I'll race lots and lots. So I don't have to pay race entry fees yeah. anymore. And rate, if you, so in that case, I suppose if you're a guy like you and I, when we we're kind of you know fit, you know, like maybe if you're going to do three races a year, it's actually good to get the pro card. Yeah, if you're doing more than a couple, and if you have to pay, if you've had to pay race entries in the past, um, then yeah, then, yeah, yeah it's it's a good thing. Um, but as long as you yeah, finish, it's a thing as well. Like these guys, most of those pros probably don't pay race, race entries anyway, did they? In the oh past? no, a lot, no, a lot, no, Maybe ninety percent of them would. There's very few people who get free entries. John seems to scheme it, don't you? Got my ways. <laughs> it's not what you know. Anyway, it's a um, podcast you create. <laughs> what was I going to say? It's going to be interesting. Live coverage. Usually, the live coverage from uh, from Taupo is usually pretty good. Um, of course, you go to ironman.com and you'll be able to get it. And I must say, good luck to all the listeners because we've got a lot of listeners who are doing mm-hmm. Ironman uh, Tapo, so or New Zealand. Um, good luck to everyone. We've got lots of emails saying they're pretty excited about people going through, and uh, we'll be keeping an eye out for you on the day. Uh, Did we talk about the roll down in our first take, or have we talked about it? No. What roll down? The roll down and how, how it works with the pros. Yeah, we just did that before, didn't we? Okay, well, I don't know if we, I can't remember. We roll down with the money as in the 5% on Chrissy? No, no, the pros, like the slots for Kona. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll forget it. We'll assume we have. Okay. Well, let's just do a quick recap of that. The, the, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure, but I, I, somebody sent through an email, and I think they were saying that potentially the roll down for Kona slots for pro athletes will only roll down 5% of the winner's time. So yeah. if you're outside of yeah. that, uh, that's the recap. I think we did that's talk about it. So okay. yeah, that's all good. Okay, what other news do we have here, John? Uh, other news ITU update, John. That's what we've got here the weekly ITU update. Brownlee has a stress fracture, and Moffat is also injured. Moffat or Moffat? Oh, Mofo. Mofo. <laughs> so Brownlee dominated last year, won every single race that he did on the World Championship Is that a series. First? Uh, probably. That's I know pretty Brad, impressive. I was very imp- and he didn't just win, he dominated. Yeah. Brad Bevan had an amazing streak at one stage during the 
during the 90s. Uh, don't know if he went undefeated. Undefeated for a season. It's, no, it's well, phenomenal. he didn't get undefeated for a season. He got undefeated on the World Championship Series. He did get beaten, I know, once in a uh, French Grand Prix race by uh, Gomez, but outside of that. And I think he might have got beaten in the European Championships, but on the World Championship Series, he won everything. He won everything. And, uh, just what what, what would have he made last year, financially? Well, each of those races, I think, was about 20,000 US. Yep. And so I think he probably won about five. Um, so that's 100,000 US. Plus, it was a big bonus pool for winning the whole series, which I think may have been about another 100,000 US. Yep. But he didn't go and do the big money race, which is Des Moines, uh, where if he'd won that, he would have taken home um, 250,000. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. Do you know why? Um, because he was, the thing was, he started this at the start of last season. It's not like he was a nobody. He was a good athlete and very, very good. the champ that he turned was, out to be. There's no way he was a champ. He'd had some podiums and stuff, but, but hadn't dominated anything. And this was, um, you know, only the Olympics was, uh, you know, the, just the... Sort of August prior, yeah. so I don't think he had any clue, and I think he had his race season all mapped out, and I think he, he and his coaches probably thought, no, let's just stick to our guns. I'm young, and uh, yeah. you can do you can do that every that the race should be there every year, but imagine it might not imagine, be. Imagine being you know a guy who's kind of coming through, you kind of got a couple podiums, you're pretty happy with yourself, then to go through and have last. We should try get him on the show. We should do. Yeah, like I know he's ITU, but. Wow, he's the best triathlete in the world right now, yes, so it'd be great to dominate. And also, uh, Emma Moffat is out with a shoulder injury, so it's a really good chance for both. She's very, very dominant on the girls' side of things when uh, Snowsill's not there, so it's a great chance for the for the other athletes to get a bit of a head start on them and uh, could make the World Championship Series quite interesting because those guys will be fighting back hard later in the season. Mm, it's good times. Challenge Wanaka's going to be on TV in New Zealand. It's going to be on the 14th of March at 3.30 and 11.30 at night, and on the 16th at uh, 7 o'clock at night and 18th at one. In the afternoon, Cheeky sky guide. Yeah, it's all good. And John was saying that the Wanaka race has been in the top ten beautiful in, races in, in, in the world. Tri- the re- most recent triathlete magazine, they've got like the top ten hardest races, the top ten most scenic races. What was the races. hardest race? I think it might have been Norseman. Okay. I think in terms of maybe iron distance, all <coughs> that. There's one uh, in the state, Savage Man, where they have like some twenty percent gradients or something like that. Nice. So I know Norseman was up there. I think Savage Man was up there as well. Um, so yeah, Wanaka was uh, was right up there in terms of the most scenic. Um, Rote was right up there in terms of uh, the ones that you really should go and do. Um, France was also rated very very highly. Ironman France, and uh, yeah, so it's worth a bit of a worth a scan through. Nice. Uh, last week's contract try on triathlon.org.nz. So you might have heard me talking about the Takapuna round of the triathlon new zealand series uh, they've got a full replay on triathlon yeah it was good racing so you know you don't get a lot of uh, tv coverage of triathlons and uh, no so you must do because lots of people came up to me this week and said how was on tv now on sunday afternoon it was, it was yeah yeah so hour 45 coverage it was really so they shot the whole race did they yeah it was actually no it was two and a half hours of coverage was was it live live really yeah creepers. creepers. So, so how much do Triathlon has to put in for that. A lot. Yeah. But they, they, no, it's not our national body that puts it. It'll be the, the Contact, which Contact Energy is the main sponsor of Triathlon New Zealand. They'll have to pay a lot of money to get that on there. Yeah. Um, but production but, costs would be huge, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah. Live coverage is, <coughs> is big time. Pretty great. Pretty great. Okay, so this week's discussion. Uh, everyone, okay, if someone died at a race venue in race week, would you still race? And what would you think the race director should do to acknowledge the death? Okay, John, you obviously haven't done your piece because you're looking at I the had screen. a scan through this morning. Oh, I don't want that one. I want this one here. Andrew Bryn search. Yeah, why not? Oh. Sorry, I just want to make sure this doesn't cancel on us again. So, there you go. There you go, John. Yeah, why not? I'm sure they would uh, want you to race as that's what they enjoyed. Maybe the director could put a black line on the number or ask people to wear black armbands. 
Oh, nice. Good old James Botel. So the race should go ahead, not because life goes on, but because it's an appropriate tribute. It's what I would want, and I think many others. Honouring the tragic loss with a minute's silence before the event would be appropriate. Beyond that, perhaps devote some race funds to remembering the athlete, commemorative plaque. Um, if there was a special athlete, consider renaming the event in the person's honour. The race organisers could also use the event to raise money for a charity, um, health charities, etc., related to the unfortunate incident. This sounds very tragic. Mark Dixon, I guess it would depend if I knew them or not um, as to whether I would race. The event should go ahead unless they died by shark attack, then it would probably not be, a, it would be a good idea to miss the swim. Okay, let's say Fergan, wow, we'd have to cancel every Olympics if we stopped an event because someone died near a venue during the week before. Oh, you mean a competitor? Well, <laughs> I once did <clears throat> a, uh, the Connell Mara. Ultra and ran past someone who was being treated on the road who died later. It didn't stop the rest of the race, never mind. Uh, never mind cancelling any subsequent events. I think a minute silence, a dedication on the race website are good ideas, but as long as the person died, it wasn't due to the fault of the organiser, then it should go ahead. People shouldn't stop driving on the roads because there is a fatal accident. Oh, good mm. point. Good point. Glenn Newbold was so excited he posted three times in a row within Look at six, he loves within, his answer within four minutes. He loves it. Look at it. Uh, two years ago at Tempe, some, someone jumped off the bridge and died two nights before the race. Pulled the dead, dead body out from the water the next day. Didn't think of anything race morning. Just got on with business and wanted the race to start. Yeah. Beautiful. Good old Paul Nelson. Uh, if someone dies during race week, then dedicate your first intake of creamed rice to them and race on. Race directors hardly notice the race, let alone what happens during race week. Real question is, if you are in the swim and you see a body at the bottom of the sea, it looks like it's a Rolex in its, in its arm. Do you give them your PP or you go dive down and get the Rolex? <laughs> uh, I would also check the start list to make sure Neil Stafford isn't racing. <laughs> uh, what a way to, from Craig Brighthouse, what a way to go. Dying, standing up or swimming would be the way to go out. Of course, I'd expect everyone to continue competing, but the prize giving, they would have to say what a great guy, great guy I was and what a fantastic athlete I was. My wife and kids would create an annual award to be given out each year in my honour at the event, but I would expect them to give it out each and every year so they could never get away from endurance sport ever. Beautiful. We'll finish off Neil Stafford. A couple of times I've been competing in an event where a competitor has died. I'm lucky. Am I lucky or what? Then the Auckland Harbour Swimming Cross. Then what happened last year, wasn't it? It's happened a couple of times in that race. Yeah. And even though it was uh, during the event, the buzz certainly goes around and it became obvious that something is wrong. But what do you do? Wouldn't that be a great way to go, doing something you enjoy, surrounded by mates? Anyway, as long as... It's not an organisational lapse. We pay respect to and move on. No ceremonies or remembrance required. Uh, we'll have a beer for you at the finish line and enjoy the good times while they last. What do you think, Bevan? Uh, I definitely wouldn't stop the race. No. You know, like, you, unfortunate things happen. And, and we do do a sport where... What would you do if I died before the race? Would you still oh, go in that on? case, I wouldn't do it. No, I'd do it for you, John. <laughs> in my honour. I'd win it. I'd take out Mecca. I'd go to Kona. I'd take it out. That's right. I'd do it in honour. You do see those Olympic athletes like in the Winter Olympics. Is that girl who's American girl whose mum died the night before, before or something? And yeah. She still managed to get a bronze. And um, yeah, I, I, the race would go on. I think it is nice for the organisers to to acknowledge 
you know, to do something kind of special. I think at the registration, not the registration, at the race briefing would be an appropriate time. I think yeah. right before the start, like start. Um, it's a bit of a downer. It's a bit of a downer for everybody. Um, but yeah, kind I think of, kind of depends on the person too. Like, like, let's be honest, if it's someone who's not known in the sport, mm. then, you know, that that's sad and don't want to take away this from anyone's death. But let's say it's like Macca dies mm. the week before race, touch wood. <laughs> or one of the stars of the game well there's obviously going to be more of a significance to the race and the event so for someone who's maybe been more significant in the triathlon community well yeah they, they are going to get maybe a plaque or the race named after them or something like that and I guess if it was a, a fault of the course um, then I guess you know you'd expect the race organised to change it for example if there was a and to just a stupid hairpin corner or yeah. something like that where pimps coming up a hill yeah um, that would be dangerous it just seemed Interesting to see the way they approached it at the Winter Olympics with the guy that died in the uh, well, They changed the course, and apparently there was quite a few people that are not happy with that. Um, you know, they've been racing. Wasn't aggressive enough? Yeah, it wasn't. Was that, that so? What was his error? They they're saying it was a bit of both. It sounded like. Um, okay. I mean, I didn't look into it in huge, huge detail, <laughs> but it sounded like a lot of the the top athletes said that the course had been dumbed down, um, and they weren't particularly happy about that. So it was just interesting to see how they handle it. From my point of view, yeah, I'd carry on racing, and, and if, if I died, I'd expect everybody else to as well. I wouldn't expect them to stop. But what? What? what, what totally off subject. But why do they show that crap on TV? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like sometimes on the news, <clears throat> they put stuff on TV and you think it's six o'clock at night and your mm. kids are watching and stuff. Mm. And, you know, like, why do we need to see some guy die? Apparently got pulled off YouTube. Did yeah, it really? One of the, the guy that um, that died in the in the, the luge. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I just don't really get that. Um, okay. Well, this week's discussion, John. So here we go. Where is it? Seen him by... Daryl? Yes, and he, and he put a good argument here. Uh, yep, yep. He's basically saying in his, in his email to us that WTC now, that they're trying to make their races big, which is, you know, it's how they make their money, so they need to do that. And are they basically turning a blind eye to drafting and doing this? And sort of maybe letting it come in the back door so it becomes, uh, maybe, no, maybe we shouldn't just say WTC, but maybe, you know, well, we'll WCC and, and Challenger, they're probably the only people who are going to have problems yeah. with this at this So are they sort of just thinking having flat races just putting races on anywhere and letting people kind of not let, letting people draft and sort of like you said turning a blind eye to it and, and, and in a in a backdoor way allowing the races to become draft legal. he's talking about when he did um, Ironman UK basically he was in a pack and there's, there's a guy next to him on a motorbike and they didn't do mm. anything about it mm. so, uh, so the question is are WTC bringing draft legal age group uh, racing in by the back door and I added on to this and what would the implications be for age groups and pros if Iron Man became drafting oh that really changed the sport wouldn't it mm-hmm. then it'd become more of a run race again even mm-hmm. more that's for people to comment on this week oh I really want to comment on it now John well you just that's pretty exciting write stuff. it down on a piece of paper okay. and save it uh, once I do my fantasy try picks <laughs> okay uh, put some music on John here we go here's some music And John, we've gone back to the old school days. Remember back in the old days of IM talk of Iron Man talk? That's right. And we actually used to research our age groupers. Because mm-hmm. you know what's happened, John? The, the community, the IM talk community, don't love their friends. They don't. I've got, <laughs> I've got, I've got a big blank page, Word document page, under my file for age groupers of the week because I've got Zippo, zero, and none. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's sad, really, John, because I thought we, we were a loving community. Yeah. You know, and we kind of give each other a big virtual hug all the time but obviously not you were wrong I was wrong well I want you to give us a hug John that's right because we need we want the love see he's hugging Uh, the ear the ear 
So this week I'm going a bit different John We're going back to the old school days Where we used to go to a race And just pick an age grouper And we decided What's really kind of cool about this We've gone from the 2009 Ironman New Zealand results And we've looked at the age group of 45 to 49 And we're looking at males right now But we're going to give good old Ron Samut Yeah The winner Because he basically pulled off in at 921.21 And the age of 46 With a 58 minute swim a 508 bike and a 308 likes his eights 308 run it's a it's a great race isn't it very solid race very solid run on the back of that but just a, it's just a balanced race solid race around eh? yeah a little bit slow in the swim but the rest was good well when you look at his age group he's actually pretty good in the swim that's true yeah he's the second fastest so we've got a uh, good old Rob Holtz in there Rob Holtz Lapworth the, uh, the Holy Hammer so there we've got a few Ironman talk listeners we've got Douglas Scott there in fifth oh yeah Douglas Rob Holt in sixth the Holy Hammer in 10th, so plenty of our community in there, but none of them have been nominated No, for Age Group of the Week. No. So we're going to have male and female Age Group of the Week. Petra Foley. Axel Cop. Yeah, Axel. Cop. Yeah. So Ron was third out of the swim, second fastest bike, fastest run, took it out by 27 minutes. dominated the dojo, but wait, John, we're not giving one this week, we're giving two. With double whammy. Oh, I'm pretty old Annie Hollington got sick in her age group. Yeah, picked up the game. Karen, oh, three minutes. Karen McCarthy swam 104, biked 548, ran 3.45. Again, balanced race for a 10.46.11. Wow, that's pretty great. 22nd overall. And she was only three minutes in front of Ali Hollington, long-time listener to the show. Long-time listener, great contributor as well. Mm-hmm. Any other Iron Talk listeners down there we can see? Uh, uh, Marilyn Morrison rings a bell. Does it? Yeah. But we don't know everyone who listens. We don't know everyone. We're just the people who write in to us a lot. We, That's we right. get to know their names as well. So we, we need some more age groupers. Hey, John, if hey, you want some um, Iron Man perfume, go to Avon. $22.50 for all oh, the toilette spray. It's a vigorously uh, f- a vigorous fusion of energising lime and exotic spices spiked with rich woods. Avon Iron Man. Anything is possible. <laughs> Anything is possible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love Iron Man. We uh, love them. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we do need some more age groupers in there. And also, I'd like to put a request. I think I've done this before. We'd like to interview some age groupers. But what we want to do is we want to have top age groupers. So they really need to be top, say minimum top five in the age group at serious races. You know, either Iron Man races or challenge races. So it's so a good athletes. It'd be great. Uh, they need to be. Work- I'm going to make a criteria. They need to be working athletes. So then okay, they have have a job. So Stephen Lord, you're not getting another interview on the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, and ideally, I'd like to have some females, and I'd love to have some people who've got families as well, so we can get a good balance of the serious hardcore athlete that's just working and training. We get the one who's trying to juggle the family work and training, and we also make, want to make sure we get a female perspective in there as well. Because girls get things like the period to worry about, eh? They do. Like, man, it must suck being a girl. <laughs> girls got it tough. You let you leave that one out there, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, no, I, I'm, it's a respect thing I'm saying here because okay. imagine, imagine if race week you got your period. See, we can't imagine it even, John. No, well, you can, but you can do things. How, to, how to do you imagine it? that? That's what I want to know. Tell me how you know what that's like. Pop things to make that not happen. <laughs> that's what they need to do. Oh, that's what a lot of people do. I love they that you, you know how to imagine what a period oh, is like. It's easy. <laughs> you, get those, you get those hormones, don't you? Remember Belinda broke the 17 hours for, 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 for child childbirth? She broke, she broke, the, she broke the Iron Man, Iron Man uh, cut-off time. She got in under. Just. Just. That's, that's a good effort. Okay. One, two, three, four. Half five. Oh, wait a second. I have to do that again. 
good old Karen McCarthy. Karen McCarthy. And what's the man's name? It was Sam. Oh, Ron, Ron Samet. Samet. You are age, age groupers, groupers of, of the, the week. week. Love your work. One, two, three, four, high five. So, and John was out running the other day. And he thinks a lot when he's out running, don't you, John? I do think a lot. What do you think about? Because uh, I like to listen, so. A lot of time I'm thinking about technique. Uh, a lot of time I'm thinking about um, pace. I mean, that's what I think about in running and uh, racing oh, as well. I think about that all the time. But, and then a lot of the time I look at the scenery. And uh, then a lot of the time I'm just thinking about general stuff, but... Yeah, I don't have music or iPod. I never train with music or iPods unless I'm on the wind trainer, and then I will. Oh, so wind trainer just needs something for the mind. Yeah, because then you're looking at a wall, and it's yeah. just a little bit different. But I just like being outdoors and looking at things, so that's what keeps <laughs> the me scenery occupied. That is, John. That's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of think people uh, tend to lose focus a little bit on the run, especially if things start when things start to get pretty hard, and they tend to focus a bit on the the negatives and just thinking, oh God, this thing, I wish this thing is just going to be over, and, and really struggling. Well, what happens is, is that early on in the race, let's say you're doing a race, that you kind of can absorb the outside things it's very external so you, you're kind of you know you can check out what your athletes are doing you can be into nature mm-hmm. the more the pain hurts the more internal you become mm-hmm. and the more you start to become self-aware of everything that's happening to you so what john's come up with here are some high fives that to, to kind of help you get through that self-awareness so that you can actually be successful in that last yeah. period of the race it's uh you know for me when i race i'd say the you know the swim is very straightforward first half of the bike is very straightforward second half of the run uh, the bike you've got to you got to focus focus a bit more and uh, and not just go with the flow you've got to you know keep it, keep your pace up the run usually the first half is pretty straightforward uh, and, and and often is uh, you've got to control your pace the second half doesn't really matter who you are it's going to get going to get pretty hard yeah. so I think one of the, the number one thing I'd be thinking about is uh, is focusing on my technique and form because as soon as you start to lose that, you're going to start to lose time, big time. And that's why we often talk about striding on DVD um, and uh, working your way through that. And then you know all the different aspects of the run that you've got to think about. For me, uh, one thing that really starts a bit of a chain reaction of events is uh, to make sure I get my heel lift um, going. Yeah, yeah. If, I, if I can do that, then automatically I seem to get my knee higher. Knee higher, um, And then I just focus on that foot landing underneath my body. And that starts and even, a chain even holding your posture through your core as well. That was going to be number one. Number two for technique is, uh, is holding those hips up and thinking about pushing your hips forward, pushing your chest forward, keeping that body weight um, <clears throat> slightly leaning forward. You're looking for about 10 to 15% forward lean. Um, and that is my number one. You've got to focus on that stuff all okay, the way through. Well for number two, you've got nutrition here. And when we're talking about nutrition, we really are thinking, you know, like often in a race, if, if you've got to that last part of the race and you haven't had good nutrition, you're running out of energy. You haven't got enough fuel in the tank to actually get you home. So you really are looking for those high GI foods just to get in. You basically just want your, your sugars really, That's your right. simple carbs. Get them in. It's, and, you know, obviously, hopefully you've actually got them in early enough so you've got the effect of that nutrition now. But if you are in that desperation stage, you know, get food in now and just try to get into your system so that it's working for you. Be aware when you do that that you don't overdo it to the point where you're making yourself sick. Exactly. You know, like if you've if you ran late on nutrition, don't go OTT on it to the point where you're going to upset your stomach. OTT. Nice. No, I like that, don't you, John? Over the top. Remember that movie? No. Over the top. No. Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling one. No. Oh, John. <laughs> where were you in the 80s? I was training. Did you like Did you like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 80s? Yeah, so it wasn't bad. Like, what about yeah. Stallone? Did you like Rambo? Yeah, I watched a bit of that. Was, 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 Over the top. Over the top. No. Oh, man. We have different upbringings. I met, I met the woman 
when I was in America teaching fitness, whose husband was the, the main competitor in the movie. One of my friends, was it, was it Sly Sloan? Yeah, he was at the Christchurch Casino and he was playing on uh, the tables there and Sly Sloan comes to sit next to him and plays. And it was legit because Sly Sloan was uh, in Christchurch. And yeah. Okay, had flown and there was... Did he take him out? And apparently he was only doing pretty small bets. Oh, really? Yeah. Soft. Anyway. I'd smash him. Back to nutrition, you're not going over the top. Yeah, no, so yeah, so if you're if you too late on nutrition, you are starting to bonk on a little bit. Get nutrition in, but again, just be aware that you don't want to go OTT and that you're better off just taking small bits continuously instead of trying to get everything in now. Um, and that yeah, that that period between 20 and 30k, so sort of uh, the, the half to three quarter mark in the race, is where you're not going to be wanting to take things in. So you do have to force things in a bit at that stage. If everything's been going well up to there and you've been taking your gels, etc., all the way through the race, it's going to become hard during that period. And you just need to keep... If, you, if it's been going well, you've just got to keep that trickle, keep going in, you know. I'll take a gel every um, every second aid station, which is about every 5k on the run, and that's enough to get you through. Once you get into that final um, final quarter, you know, you're much better off just going on, on coke and fluids, yeah. and unless you're in a bit of difficulty, because you take, especially if you take any sort of solids and stuff, it's probably not going to absorb them particularly yeah. quickly. Yeah. Maybe a gel, you know, um, in that last quarter is okay, but once you're getting into the last few Ks, you just got to be getting as much, you know, sugar and stuff to give you a bit of a rush. And one thing we've got to do is you've got to practice nutrition in your big training days. Mm-hmm. You know, when your key workouts, your longer sessions, you have to practice your nutrition. You can't go into a race not knowing what's going to happen to your body, because you You've got to know the foods that are going to work for your body. You've got to know the gels that are going to work. You've got to know all that because so many people stuff up their race because they don't know the food. So, so it's expensive um, to do that, to do a race simulation um, yeah. on your nutrition. But as I've, as I've said in the past, doing some half Ironman simulations and when you do your half Ironman races, you've got to have those few opportunities where you do 100% practice it. And uh, if you do that, you can go into Well, let's say it costs you 50 bucks for nutrition for a training day. Yeah. Is 50 bucks worth a good result? Exactly. That's a good question to ask yourself. Uh, Number three. The clock. Focusing on the clock at all stages during the, the run is, is a good way to keep you occupied, uh, especially in early stages, making sure you're going slow enough and you're not getting carried away. But we're talking specifically here about the second half of the run. That can be a, a good motivator to keep you going, is, uh, is checking that clock every K or every mile and making sure that you're staying on on task. And if you do start to fall off a little bit, your time start to fall off, You know, thinking about those things that we've already mentioned, your technique and your nutrition to make sure that you can get yourself back on on track and and keeping your times up what you'll find um, especially for the guys that are newer to racing is if you try to keep an even pace throughout the race it's going to progressively get harder in terms of your perceived efforts so if you're sitting on um Five minute Ks through the first one. Watch out, John! I'm getting excited. <laughs> um, but if you're, you know, you're holding five minute pace or something through the first half of the race, you're going to find that a lot harder to maintain. Um, and, and it's just another one of those things to keep yourself, your mind occupied, rather than thinking about the pain. Uh, number four is short landmarks. So what you're doing here is you're really identifying something that you can see up ahead and that you're working towards, that you can maybe maintain your pace on, that you can keep your technique on. So you maybe look, you know, maybe a K up the road and you just look at that K. Okay, I'm going to work at this pace with this technique to this point. One thing I think is really important when you're doing the short landmarks is to make sure you give yourself real positive praise when you hit it. Mm-hmm. So like if I'm doing a short landmark, A, I'm getting to it, but then when I get there, I'm, I'm really saying, like I was just saying, good shit, Bev, okay, now stay focused. Mm-hmm. And so you're instantly giving yourself some praise. And you know, let's be honest, positive emotion does help you perform better. Yep. And so find a short landmark, work towards it, then give yourself praise straight away. And, and praise where you really feel that you've achieved something that's really great. And then instantly get back on task and find the next landmark. 
exactly. you know because it's when you what people do is go oh, good work and then they they kind of forget a little bit and then they start to slow down and so you basically want to be focused on finding a landmark working towards it maintaining pace and intensity towards that praise yourself like crazy and then reset and just keep doing that till the end nice uh, this is one that Melina always um, brings up uh, and it's like how bad can it get you know it's like the yeah, reality so. is you're not going to die I mean how many there's very few people yeah. that actually die in the races and unless <laughs> you've really stuffed up your nutrition how bad can it really get you yeah. know you're just going to you're going to hurt a bit um, but it's not going to be that bad so you just got to toughen up and just keep going harden up and push through the barrier I'm just going to quickly go back to the four just one thing with the short landmarks as well is you need to get the goal towards the end is just to get to that last bit because there becomes a point towards the end of the race where you're, you're close enough that you fire up. Yep. You know what I mean? That might Couple be the last... Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You kind of think, oh, I'm just about there. I'm going to smack it now. I so you, In Taupo, you come off that final hill and you're sort of running on the... And pay, then the crowd starts right. come yeah. along and you, you're yep. a bit more fired up and you've probably got, you know, a and a half, two K to go. So, you know, like in those short landmarks, really think, okay, I just want to get to the point where the crowd goes. Yeah. And that's like your reward and then you find your fire up home. Mm-hmm. Lastly on this one here, um, reel in every person you can find in the final first few Ks, which is so true. If you've got people in front of you and you're passing them, you know, that's such a motivator. It's such a spirit yeah, lifter, eh? Yeah, so many guys. Uh, you can pass so many people in the last few K because people are just dying on their feet. Yep. So you really want to finish hard and you want to make sure that you get to that finish line and you're absolutely spent and you yep. could not have gone any harder. You can't do, you can't do handstands, eh, John? No, no. MU City cartwheels and coast to coast, and I, I put a stop to that. Although the irony is, this year she won, didn't she? Do, you know? No, she won the first year she did cartwheels. Uh, second coach, year, second year, I said no way, and she, that was a pretty close victory. Third year, <laughs> not so good. <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to add one here, John. Um, when, when everything's number seven, number seven, number seven, five. when everything's falling apart. Don't don't lose the plot and slow down too much. So let's say we're doing an Ironman and you're in the second half of the marathon and you're really starting to lose the plot. You know, think of the technique, think of nutrition, clock, short early marks and how back and all that kind of stuff. But one thing that happens is that when you get to the point where it's just too tough, we just totally give up. Mm-hmm. You know, you go from, you know, maybe sitting on a five minute K to sitting on a seven minute K. Yeah. You know, you just give up and you prod along. If you're going to lose the plot, think to yourself, well, how, how much can I slow down and still be going at a good pace. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if I'm doing a race, I think to myself, okay, well, I can't maintain this pace any longer, but can I go 5% five, 5 slower, and mm-hmm. could I maintain that? And that way you're setting, you know, instead of just dropping back to, you know, 20 30% slower, you can drop back just a little bit slower, and you'll find that you can do that, and, after, you know, let's say you drop back 5%, and after a while you'll find the rhythm, and you start to feel good about yourself again, and maybe you could pick up your pace later on down. So it is a yo-yo effect, you know, you can come back, you can feel crappy, you yep. know, you might feel crappy between 10 and 20K, but there's, there's often a way back, so you just got to be patient. Mm. And so, just when you are feeling that you get to that point where you're, you know, we just want to give up and prod home, don't do that. Think, okay, well, if I gave up ten percent of my speed right now, could I maintain that? And that's much better than dropping down to thirty percent. And speed. I'm going to do a number eight here. Oh, we might even get a ten out. I'm not going to do ten. Um, <laughs> don't leave your finishing sprint to like one k to go. You know, you want to be getting. To, as Bevan said before, there's that period you you get to where. Emotion and yep. adrenaline is going to take you through. You want to be pretty spent by the time you get to that point. You don't, John, I'm ending at nine. <laughs> Come on, don't do you, it. You've got to think of a ten. So, <laughs> once you get into the final quarter, that's about the time when you really want to start pushing. That's when you're hurting and you want to push through the, the pain. final. 3k or so you'll get through it yeah, but by that stage you want to be pretty stuffed uh, number 9 Okay. try to find a motion that's going to get you through it 
you know so we talk about emotional state and when you talk a lot about motivation talk about emotional state and um we know in life that if you can find an emotion that makes you stronger it does make you perform better and so when you're in that place where it also seems like hard work what's something in your life that really motivates you and you know brings you takes you to an emotional level that just pushes you through and if you can help find that emotional state um, and sometimes that can be do things like look back to the past when you've had that emotional state so maybe think of another race or a training day or, or just something in your life that makes you really emotional that will fire you up a bit as well John 10 forget about Bevan's point number 9 <laughs> stay, stay calm keep a level head focus on the simple things and don't get too emotional no use Does the emotion it, use no. the emotion I, emotions happen as soon as you cross the finish line no, then you, you get a little maybe think of the finish line yeah. and use that emotion to keep you, you through today's high 10 high 10 love your work ok let's do some oh we'll put some music on Website of the Wait, week. And good old James Botel, regular contributor to the show, said through this week's website, and it's pretty bloody awesome, isn't it, John? So it's for all you guys out there with Compu Trainers um, on this website of the week, which we'll just put on the on the site because it's got a really long web name. They've put up all the 2008 Tour de France Compu Trainer files uh, to keep those winter days rolling and provide you with a test against the best cyclists in the world. So. <laughs> One thing about this, John, is wouldn't you just see them go off at the start? Sorry? <laughs> wouldn't you just you, you sit next to them and you know, go uh, and be like, uh, oh, okay. I don't yeah. think it's so much you racing those guys in the race. It's more the doing the profile of those stages. Oh, so okay. A lot of those stages are going to be pretty flat, you know, those opening stages, but uh, then you've got a lot of the, the alpine passes. So um, CompuTrainer, guys, if it was, the website's called Active Works, um, and we'll put a link up to that. Uh, but let's say you want to do stage 15, Embrim to uh, Pato Nervosa. Nervosa, 183, which is a good Ironman training. That is a tough day. Trainer. Though. Embrim is, is the hilly part that's down in the, um, the Alps there, as is the, the days before that. So, yeah, this is the 2008 files, so not 2009, 2008, but yep. check it out. Yeah, yeah. It would be cool if they had the, had the actual winner. Oh yeah, yeah but, but I like be, what they do, and um, and some of the Winter Olympics stuff. They have the line, you know, the the, the yeah, that's line. Yeah, that's great to see. record in front of the line. Yeah. yeah, that wouldn't last very long. No, it would uh, be pretty much the start, and yeah. you go, okay, well, I'll see them at the finish. I'll see them at the finish, and maybe <laughs> and two, two hours later. Shower, right. <laughs> growing a beard. Yeah. Um, okay, then our questions and answers. So first of all, we've got a few here, John. Let's fire through them. David Nan Chambers, um, the. The guts of his uh, question was, maybe in a podcast, John could advise if actually running a marathon can be used beneficially for an Ironman in the big scheme of things, because someone like me, married and working, one Ironman every two years is realistic, and can put the family through that um, once more. So he's really talking about whether the pacing of that is... Uh, good for your Ironman. It's good for your Ironman, and I'd say... Hmm, Maybe, maybe not, but you know, I think the best thing for you is uh, is not necessarily just racing a marathon, but having a consistent period of running where you're doing a, a variety of races, not just a marathon, doing a, maybe some 5Ks, some 10Ks, but having a good, consistent, single period focus, and that will help your running performance, which will help your... Uh, it's a catch-22, but your... isn't it? Because you don't want to drop the swimming and biking, do you? Well, you can drop down to easily, in your winter period, drop down to two, two swims, two bikes, and then, um, you know, Five Run. runs, ideally. If the, it kind of depends on every situation, but you know, I think that's what a lot of people miss out on is some single discipline focus. So I think uh, in terms of helping with your pacing, maybe a little bit, but I think in terms of helping your Ironman pacing, the best thing you can do is to do some 
um, half Ironmans and then realistically take that half Ironman result, what pace you're able to sustain and you should be able to estimate reasonably closely the best case scenario for your Ironman run. So for example, if you run, go into a half Ironman on a similar course to what your Ironman's going to be and you run, say, a 1 hour 45, you double that, that's 3.30, you're not going to be able to run 3.30, but realistically you could probably run about a 3.45, yep. maybe 3, 3.45 best case scenario. Um, so you can, you know, 3.45, 3.50, and you can say, well, okay, that's that's the pace that I should be able to sustain when I'm doing Ironman if I get everything else right, and then it comes down to making sure you do the training correctly. But in terms of an actual marathon, be great to do a run build-up for it. Good old uh, David. It's going to be doing my museum this weekend. So go, Dave. Go. Nice work. Yeah. Bring it on, tampon. Uh, the other David, David Rowe, said through this question, and, and he's got a lovely wife. And, and you need a lovely wife when you do this sport, don't you, John? You do. You know, and you need to hold on to them. You need to hold on to them. You need to give them the I am, I am talk hug. Or a proper hug, even. Yeah, a proper hug sometimes. You don't want to overdo it. You, know? <laughs> you don't want to encourage it. Although I am a hugger. So uh, she's given him a few pounds to spend on his sport. Nice. Which is which is very good, and he's basically thinking about buying a bike. No, no, he's, he's tossing up um, whether to get race wheels oh, or whether to get a big race wheel question or to get a power meter. And so my advice would be, I'd go race wheels. Would you? You know why? Why? Oh no, it depends. Well, you no, know, you're probably going to be the perfect. You're going to probably fit in perfectly to my answer to him. Okay. Um, Firstly, there seems to be quite a few wheel hire companies out there now. So if you are one of those people that races very infrequently, like you, maybe a good option. Um, the thing with power meters, they're, they're great, but you've got to be into them. You've got to be into numbers, and you've got to be yeah, prepared so me, to download that stuff all the time. Numbers. So you'd get a power meter, and you'd probably ride along and go, wicked, I'm riding at 300 watts. Yeah. And you'd, go, you'd probably use it as a rough... Power, a rough guide, and then it'll like break three rate. weeks later and then fix it. That's right. <laughs> um, so you've got to, you got to, if you're going to use power, you've got to be into that sort of stuff. Otherwise, I don't think it's a good, good investment. Race wheels. Uh, I got to also think is it's got to motivate you. Totally. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to buy a power meter, what's the gain? It's got to be something that you look at when you're training and it lifts you to another level as an athlete. Otherwise, if it's just storing what you're doing, what's the point? But yeah, it's it, again, you've got to be able to analyze it. So storing information is great. If you go back if and look at it, use it, yeah. But so, like, I, I used to train with a guy called Nigel, and, and he was a, he was a real geek with that kind of stuff. Yeah. And but he used it, you know, and it motivated mm-hmm. him to go home and look at the graphs and then figure out how to do things better because of it. From, yep. so, you know, so you get that real geeky athlete who loves loves the gadgets. And you know, for Nigel, it was really it was a great tool. It made him a better athlete. For me, like, I, I don't even ride for speedo. Mm. You know, I just don't. I just doesn't motivate me. It doesn't lift me. You know, like for me, I just should go for the feel, and I know that my how my body should be feeling at certain intensities, and so. Um, you know, it's it's kind of about knowing yourself as an athlete. So for me, I always think, well, uh, no race wheels are going to give me some speed that I don't have, so yep. I can guarantee that. So that's better for me in yep. that situation. So know yourself, David, is probably our answer. That's right. What would you do? Uh, I well, different situation because I know I always have race wheels. Yeah. But if I was in his situation, I would probably. I don't know. I'd probably go the power meter option. I think. Yeah. But you're not much and, of a. But I'll go the power you're meter the guy, option. You're the guy who buys it and then it breaks and you never fix yeah. it. Um, <laughs> your power meter. <laughs> of the years of I, I would. If I had money to spend, I was looking at that. I would go the option of getting a power meter and renting race wheels. Okay. 
because I think that would be a better investment of money. And for my my, my, my training races, you have to pay to rent them. Like if you yeah, three hundred bucks to rent them, then it's like uh, yeah. But in terms of my training races and stuff, little local ones, I'd probably just use and use my training wheels. I'm just trying to put myself in David's position, yeah. and then the power meter I think would give you more bang for your buck over a longer period. No, it's good. Old Matt Clayton emailed us. We want to ask us about listeners about thoughts about experimenting but, yeah, on using <laughs> stand up pedal boards as cross training for triathlons. I just wanted one for a while, and last week finally convinced the wife to shout out to. Hey, on one, let's not let her listen to this one. Um, on one, what we're learning about the show is that we've got good wives in this community, haven't we? Yeah. Um, uh, was one so good it, it went for out. health benefits above and beyond, adding up to ever growing toy collection in the garage. Yeah, so gone out, Matt's been gone out, bought a stand up paddle board, which you see the guys in Kona using um, yeah. during the race. Yeah, cool. And he's just, just wondering if there's any idiot out there who's got a training benefit from that. And I'm picking probably not. And David... Uh, but do you know the irony on. was? He injured himself on it. Yeah, the first day went out there and completely <laughs> smoked himself. Quite. So I'm, I'm going to say probably not the best suggestion. You should have got some race wheels and a power meter. That's right. You could have got both for that almost. Uh, Next so. one in was uh, Michael Yeager. Sent this through a while ago. We'll put a link up on the site. It's just a, a new cookbook. I know we're promoting our own cookbook, but this hey, was one that was out on in this world. Velo Press, and ours is going to be a little while before it comes out. Again, if anybody wants to contribute... I didn't put the link up. I'll do that today. I know. Bevan's going to put the link up on the I website. I get these emails from John. And the thing about John is when he wants to do something, he doesn't He doesn't do it nicely. <laughs> he just he just, just hits to the point. He goes... The link's not fixed on the website. You should fix that. <laughs> it's like, hey, Bev, I noticed the link's, you know, it's just like, to the point. It's got to be to the point. There's no real smiley face. No smiley you know, you know, you know, There's nothing. You know. Notice things. Bevan, you idiot. We're going to get sued. Get it off there. <laughs> Move it. It's <laughs> uh, so. discreet. That's what I love about you. That's yeah. right. So, so check it out. Put up a link. It's a Valo Press. is a cookbook and looked pretty comprehensive. I mean, it wasn't just a cookbook. It had a lot about um, the science and nutrition as well. Well, good old Stuart Gilchrist sent through an email saying, last week you said how point sports aren't really sport. So I wonder if boxers would have a problem with you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> boxing. I reckon boxing or fighting has got to be nearly the hardest sport out there. Oh, have you ever, have you ever fought? I have no, no, I'm not. I'm not saying it's not hard, but I think there's about 10 million sports you probably say, oh, that's a hard sport. But fighting. Tour de France pretty hard. Yeah, but you don't get beaten up. Ultraman, you don't get beaten America. Up. You don't get beaten up. Mm, I think you could argue a lot of points. America's Cup, that's pretty hard. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> the other ones are good, John. America's Cup. I heard a woman on the on talk radio the other day say, oh, those sailors, they just train so hard, they just deserve it. They should get paid more money. Oh, they like, get more money than yeah, they should. like... Mm. No, no, no. So we should do a talk radio show. I reckon we'd be good on talk radio. <laughs> You'd be really short with them, and I'd be trying to get them the Get laugh. off the phone, you <laughs> moron. <laughs> okay, uh, other... Okay, so Belinda said I should tell the story. So, was this the end of the week story, or is this? Uh, uh, yeah, we'll do a bit of response. Do you first. Want to do JT JD Duathons. If anybody's in the Christchurch or in fact the New Zealand region, jdevents.co.nz. Why? Because that's my duathlon series that I'm putting on this winter. Oh, where do we look? Jdevents.co.nz. JD Events. Who did this website for you? Well, you have a look. We have a guess when you have a look. Did you do it? Did you do this? Yes. That's pretty good for you, mate. Well done. Well, I got somebody to design the logo for me, but the rest, it's easy. It's Andy Warhol, like. Is it? Yeah, because Andy Warhol, that, that's Andy Warhol. Okay. Have you heard of Andy Warhol? Heard the name. Pop art. Yeah, oh, John. No. John, Andy Warhol. No. This is good. It's just simple. JD, what's that? John and Dave. <laughs> nice. 
beautiful. We've got some cool formats. So this is this is how my duathlon season is going to work. So you have the appetizer. This is race one. Oh, it's just it's, it's just get a feel for it, isn't get it, John? Get a feel for it. Same as last year. You do like two point I think it's two point six k run, sixteen k bike, two point six k run. Nice. Race two, the equalizer. Oh, so what's that meant to do? It's a handicap race based on oh, race one. Nice. So the slowest person goes first. So we could have some issues in the finish the finishing shoot because you're going to have. Oh, effectively that's great. you're going to have everybody finishing at the same time will you let the kids run down the shoot John the kids will be a separate race <laughs> but yes they can come down the shoot with the parents yep and then the third race is the enduro double duathlon run bike run bike run oh this is awesome John there we go what I'm loving John is that what you've put is you've even described why there's a J and a D in there that's right highlight bold oh, control B good day to one he's a great man too yeah oh nice and so go to the website dub 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 jdevents.co.nz You're going to become a bit of an events organiser, aren't you? I am. Got I've think got about a big event coming up. Is this the one you're telling me about the other week? Yeah. Oh, it's a, I'll tell you about that in a couple of weeks' time. Is it actually It's going to happen? I get it confirmed tonight. Good times, John. Good times. Rock and roll. Okay. jdevents.co.nz While you're plugging your thing, I'll plug mine. If you're in Christchurch and you want to know people who want to do the Christchurch Half Marathon, raceteam.co.nz um, it's a 10 week training package to get people to do half marathons and it's kicking butt so nice. we we plan to have the biggest team at the Christchurch Half you have singlets people wear singlets yeah Eddie is still going to sponsor us nice maybe <laughs> it's not good <laughs> but hopefully because they give it to you free instead of having to pay nice. for it so love it sponsors good old athlinks.com John so I thought we were going to coffees of Hawaii first, but that's okay. <laughs> Athlinks is listed first. I was yeah. already going to go my coffees in Hawaii spleel. But anyway, Athlinks is a... Good guy, that one. It's not sitting on the boat in Kona. Uh, that's one other thing. Just before we do sponsors, the Holy Hammer dropped around uh, the Kona coverage for me. Oh. So 2009 Kona I think I've seen it. Have you? Did you watch it on YouTube? Yeah, it was on YouTube. And I got taken down, but I did see it. Yeah, I'm going to see it. See if we can see us on there. Okay. What do you anyway, want to do, You're on Athlinks. I'm on Athlinks. And... Keep all your results in one place on Athlinks. Oh, so, you, I thought you yeah, wanted to talk about something in particular. No, uh, one thing that uh, we want you to encourage you guys to do is to put in your upcoming races. So what that's going to mean, it's going to give the Athlinks guys a bit of a heads up in terms of what events are coming up. It also means that people in the IM Talk community can uh, go onto the IM Talk page and see who's racing where. So then you can go up to people and say, tap them on the show and say, hey, I heard you're racing yeah, this weekend. I'm going to kick your ass. Action Spy what's Action Spy is it like just a list of people who are your friends and what they're doing sure yeah. the other thing you, you can do on here is um, the, the what I the W-D-Y-D-T what did you do today yep. so you can use this as your bit of a Girl, training Lisa update Burger. it's a great name Lisa Burger she uh, did a 10am one Monday. mile warm up two mile faster than uh, race pace, half mile easy. Well, she's put she's detail good. on here. She's done she? a couple of two mile reps here at faster than race pace. Total time of uh, fifty one minutes for a six point five mile run. So if you do want to, create, you know, if you haven't got your own website or you haven't got a blog, um, this is a great place to store all your training information. If people that are interested in following you, then they can come here rather than sending them weekly up- updates of what right. you've been up to. <laughs> you, know, um, you can keep your Athlinks page up to date tell people about it and then they can come and opt in and say, look at what you've been up to and you can also scare your training mates and tell them how much training you're doing and you can also put that um, what I did today whatever it was uh, what did you do today and it will go to Twitter so it's a good one it's a good one John it's a good one 
So if you normally use Twitter, does it, is it stored on a Twitter page or does it just go out? And, yeah, you have you know? it, Twitter gives you your own website. I'm on it, but I don't really use it, honestly. But um, And then you have 140 characters to say whatever you want. Mm. And so, but what this does is this will just, if you save it, it will go straight to your Twitter page so you don't have to go to Twitter. So then you've stored it all in one place. You've got your race results, you've got your mates, and you've got your Twitter page. Yeah, Twitter feed. Twitter feed. That's what you say. You so. tweet, no, you don't tweet. You tweet, tweet. yeah. So you get right, up with the page, on. You've got a great website now, I've Andy got- Warhol. <laughs> Pop culture. Uh, coffeesofway.com. Key Coffees. thing you need to know about them is don't go directly to coffeesofway.com. You go to imtalk.me, you click on the Coffees of Way logo, and that will take you off to an imtalk page within want, Coffees of Way. Yeah, to get the deals. It's 25% now, John. It's, it's, it's I'm going to do that right now. You keep talking, I'm going to do it. I'm going to imtalk.me. Here we go. Last week's photos. Let's have a look at our photos. What did I put up there last week? Picture of yourself. It was because there was none of you. I got no photos of you. I go through my photos. I sent you some. Yeah, I did see that. I'll put yeah. some of those on there. Porno and I, it was actually an Ashburn and half. Yeah. And so I end up going, well, I can't put another photo of me. And so I try to find either a listener. <laughs> but this week, look at the one I got on Mark Allen. That's gold. That is. That's gold. From Nice. Yep. Coffees of Y. Go on I'm Talk. Click on coffeesofwhy.com. Go through to our page. Save 25%. And then you rejoin our recurring delivery program. Save another 25%. So you've got a choice. You've got discount number one, 25% off any, any purchases. Discount option number two, recurring order. You use a different code, so you've got to go to this page to get the code. And But the key one for overseas listeners at the moment, spend more than $50 and shipping is free. Which is really great. You know, when you when you enter the code, go, I am talk free at checkout, and you get your free shipping, which is just sensational. That is a, that is a good one. Overseas listeners, that is a good one. Yeah, because the shipping 50 bucks is you. not that much coffee. No. So. Well, well, it's enough to last you for ages. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like... You can easily drop 50 bucks. So. So, Athlinks, great product as well. Athlinks.com. Get on there and keep your Twitter going. Yep. And coffeesofwire.com. And make sure you check out our page because it's got cool photos of us on the boat. Yeah. And honestly, that's all that really matters. That's right. Okay, John. Wait a second. Anything else we need to mention? Amazon. Someone, someone's been spending money on Amazon this month. We like that. Yeah. We, get, we make about $100 every two years from Amazon. So, <laughs> so keep it up, team, because it'd be really cool if we could make $100 a year from it. But if you are going to buy anything from Amazon, go to our, our store page. and you know. Next week, we'll have some nicknames coming out. So if you want to donate to the uh, oh, donate good. to us, we'll do some nicknames. we've got a few nicknames coming oh, up. Good times. Keeps us rolling those uh, donations. So please keep them coming on in. Yep. But, so, John, your story. Obviously, we've built it up a bit now. It's not that good a story. Not really? yeah, it's okay. Tell no, we'll tell it. Um, so. The other day, it's a Friday night, it's, um, it's beer o'clock, it's you know, about 5.30. Beer o'clock, John. Beer o'clock, or vino o'clock, uh, and just having a couple of quiets while the kids are screaming, having their dinner. Yep, so you just ignore them, eh? Yep. You get good as that as a parent, eh? Oh, yeah. I, I, I always once went out for a girl called Steph, my daughter's mother, and her father... You just went out with her, did you? Just, yep. just once. Well, we, we actually broke up quite a few times, I was like that, but anyway. <laughs> and her father had four girls, and they, and you go around their place, and it was just scream fest, eh? Just like madness. Yep. He, he, he could be he'd be watching TV noise and you go hey Steve he just wouldn't even he was in another world yeah. it was it was it was impressive gosh yeah I loved it anyway anyway um, bear o'clock and, and, and bear o'clock the phone goes and um, Belinda's chatting away and it's, it's you're ignoring the kids you're yeah. beer. And, uh, and Belinda passes over and this guy he, a good mate of mine he lives in Singapore Never, never rings. We have email contact every now yeah. and then. And then we, whenever we catch up, we have a bloody good time. But we don't. Um, yeah, it's one of those mates. When you see them, they're great. If not, so and he calls me, and uh, and he starts chatting away, and um, and he's, I said, "Oh, what are you up to?" He said, "Oh, um, 
Um, my wife's just been induced, and just just outside the hospital, I'm just heading off to the. Um, get there, my baby. Just heading off to get to the, go get something from the supermarket, some food, because um, when you induce, there's usually a bit of a time lag there. So, oh, wicked, wicked, and he goes, oh yeah. But actually, the reason I'm calling is, <laughs> is uh, oh, yeah, I've, I've bought a new um, speed suit, and uh, I tried it for the first time in the pool, and the zip came down when I first went out of the pool. <laughs> He wasn't too concerned about the childbirth. He just wanted to know what's going on with the zip in his speed suit. So <laughs> Belinda thought that was pretty entertaining. He never calls, but he calls me up during childbirth to tell me about his speed suit. What, what was the advice you gave, John? I said, I suggest you go back to the uh, the, the childbirth and I'll, I'll pop you an email and let you know later. Nice. He's racing Singapore 70 points. And the baby came out all right? Baby boy came out. can't remember the name. Baby boy came out okay. He called back the next day to correct credit. We were out oh, and uh, left a message. Left a said, message. He said, "I got the zip working." I was at Melina's fiftieth. Oh, so how was that? Melina had his fiftieth. So a few, a few legends turned up. Scott Tinley turned up. So did you have a yarn to him? I had a brief yarn. It was pretty loud though, so I didn't didn't get really. Well, lots of music happening or something. Yeah, there was some some hard. Yeah. <gasps> Yeah, yeah, it's like, your name's Ron and you're from Texas. <laughs> um, so that was all good. Melina, Melina got a bit emotional there. Oh, did he? Do you know that his wife, Erin, is, well, you'd know this, but one of seven, seven yeah, girls. Yeah, that, yeah. And they're all very successful. Mm. Like, like three of them have been like world champs. Yeah. What's and the third one? I know Maureen. Maureen. She was like a aerobic champ. I don't oh, know right. if she was a world champ, but she a New Zealand champ. Yeah. So I worked with Maureen. Yeah, and Linda said that. Just, just, yeah. Driven, determined people. Apparently, their old man was quite a quite a hardcore kind of character, and right. and brought them up very kind of tough. And you know, mentally, they're strong people, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Were they all there? Uh, don't know how many were there. The, no, they weren't all there. But Maureen did. did good talk. party. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, no, it was it was, uh, it was it was a surprise party, and he was very surprised. And like his best mate from the states who had um, came out, who's been best mates since he was a, since he was a child. His brother came out first time ever. His and, brother looks uh, a bit like him, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yep. Yeah. Um, so lots of people there. Good oh. times. So we had to come home, but early ch- children were playing up. Oh, kids. That's mm. so selfish. It's the thing. Get home. Yeah. It's like, and then the next day you realise why well, you don't go out because you get home. We go, I think we go home just before midnight. They feed them too much sugar. And then we got up uh, f- up at five o'clock. Uh. Anyway, Bevan, what's oh, happening in your life? Congratulations, Melina, yeah. on your 50th. That's right. Yeah, good times. 50 and you can still kick my ass occasionally up hills. Breaks your heart, doesn't it? Hey. Yeah. That was like that time when we were doing Epic Camp in Monaco where we were doing the run and I'm dying because I was sick or something. Mm. I, was like, I can't let Melina beat me. <laughs> I, I killed myself just to beat Melina. Mm. It broke my heart. Um, what, what, what happened, John? I went to a dress up party on the weekend. Uh, dress yeah. up as? Uh, a, a murdering doctor. Mm. Mm, it, was, it was interesting, actually. What I find interesting, I don't go to drinking environments that much, John, because yeah. I don't drink. And I, I, I don't mind drinking. It's funny when you don't drink, people think you're judging them. Yeah. I find that really hard because I'm not, I don't care if you drink, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> It's just I was a really hopeless drunk, and so I don't drink. And and people, but anyway, people love to get naked when they're drunk, don't they, John? Mm. Was there any nudity at Melina's fifteenth? Not, not maybe not too really. Apparently, Tyndall kind of got it yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> or Tindley, I should say. Um, so this woman decided she goes to me. She comes to me inside because I was doing a bit of music. She goes, "Can you put Joe Cocker leave your head on?" Okay, I'll put that on. So we <laughs> next thing you know. Strip strip review was on John. <laughs> she did the splits. It was, it was it was an interesting time and and it was interesting seeing the spectators. Some people were loving it. Some people were giving it's a stupid. Girls were yeah. going. Okay. Yeah. What, what's happening here? So that was very good. Cricket. I was going to go to the cricket, John. Oh, I gutted you didn't. Oh, gutted I didn't. I was. You got taken down. Did you see it? 
I've watched a bit of it and then I listened to Linda wanted to watch the program so I was listening to it on the radio oh, oh, how can you, you, you let her watch it I was I thought we were going to lose <laughs> oh really it's like oh, I think it's going to kill it was like one of the greatest games of all time of 2020 oh, it was pretty full on my flatmate Richard went to it and I was going to go and then I decided last minute oh no I kind of can't, can't afford it and crap like that so I didn't do it I could afford it but I just decided not to do it and and it was just meant to be brilliant. Oh, it was incredible. McCullum got second fastest, uh, second highest score ever. Yeah. One ball off getting the second fastest. He's got the highest ever, hasn't he? No. Uh, oh, I thought he did. It's the West Indian dude. What I must say, which is really, really impressive, you've plenty of time because it's 10 minutes fast. Um, Tendulkar, 200. 200. In a one day. Yeah, it was very impressive. But this is I am talking, not cricket talk. I know, but I know, but cricket, it's in Tendulkar. I'm getting my pavers laid. laid. I've, got, I've got to go. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> are you going around the pool? Uh, all around there. We're getting a nice paved area now. Oh, nice. I've got one other disappointing story. Sorry to break off your cricket. Oh, well, it's just in your too. The tsunami. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. The tsunami. Cancelled Thomas's try at, um, oh, running race. Oh, no. Where was it going to be? At um, out at Rawiti near, near Brighton. So the race got canned. Oh, but no. Postponed. So we were a bit upset. So Thomas... Did myself, you have a mock race? Yeah, Thomas, myself... His aunt and his grandmother had a hundred meter running race. A hundred meter? Yeah, yeah. Did he win? He was, yeah, he was one. You I didn't take him. Didn't take him. We're running, oh, running along, and we, it's, it's actually on the four hundred meter running track. Yeah. And um, we, we were sort of just, just as we come to the finish line, we let him get in front, and then my mum, he stopped right at the finish line, <laughs> like, like thirty seconds, and my mum meant to him just sort of fell me over, but I told, I told him he won. Listen, your momentum didn't take him out. You was like, I've got to get him. Took you down, Thomas. Took you down. You got downtown. All right, then. That's this week's show. I'm Russ. I'm Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.